Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So I actually found like famous comedians and their favorite joke. Okay. So I'm probably going to do these for a couple weeks, a few weeks. Um, and this one is actress Allison Janney. Do you know who that is? I'm sure I do. You I do. Um, the thing that comes to mind when I think of her, she was on Mom, that sitcom with Anna Ferris. Oh, yeah. Okay. There. Okay. So this is her favorite joke. So a guy goes into, a guy goes ice fishing for the very first time. All of a sudden, he hears a voice. There are no fish under the ice. He ignores it and moves to another area, cuts a hole, and tosses his line in. Again, he hears he hears the booming voice, There are no fish under the ice. He nervously looks up and asks, Lord, is that you? No, this is the rink manager. <laughs> <laughs> Silly. That was cute. <laughs> okay, and I have some embarrassing moments. And these are all, I believe, um, embarrassing moments that their kids gifted them. Oh, okay. Except for the very last one, which was too great. I had to include it. Mm-hmm. But it's it was when the, the child, like the person himself was a child. Okay. Okay, so first one. My son used to point at, to every man wearing a baseball cap and ask if it was his dad as if his paternity was in question. I'd, ner- I'd nervously laugh and say, no, you know your dad is at work. <laughs> that would be embarrassing. Yeah. Is that my dad? <laughs> my daughter snuck her new puppy to school. She was in kindergarten and put him in her backpack. I got a call uh, to come into school as soon as possible, only to find my daughter and the puppy sitting in the principal's office. It created quite the ruckus when he used the potty in her backpack. (laughs) Next one, let's picture this. Lady with a dark purple moo-moo strolling down the aisle in the supermarket. My child excitedly shouts, Mommy, look, it's Barney! Oh my god. I would die. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Next one, my oldest, who is autistic, would run off from me. So when we went to public places, we had to get a child leash. He was so excited about this until we got in front of a lot of people. Then he would start barking and meowing. I wanted to disappear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's hilarious. He knew exactly what he was doing, too. (laughs) Oh, my God. My husband took a couple of the kids to the store, and while they were standing in the checkout line, gave them each a quarter for the candy and toy machines. So far, so good. Then the 18-month-old boy noticed noticed this big, burly biker dude in front of them and the parts that were hanging out of the top of his jeans, which obviously looked like a slot. Oh, my God. Yes, he slid that quarter into a biker butt crack. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would really die. Oh, my God. I would want the, wor- the... the world to swallow you up. Yes. Oh, my God. You're like, well, pull up your pants now. Shit, yeah. what happened? Yeah, don't show us that. <laughs> no one wants to see it. You might end up with a quarter in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We were at my uncle's viewing. My four-year-old daughter had been around him before and at the, ho- and at the hospital. My mother picked her up and walked up to the front to view the body. As they were standing there looking at my uncle in the casket, my mom said... He's just sleeping, honey. My daughter, in a loud four-year-old voice, said, No, he isn't, Granny. He's dead. (laughs) Even though it was a a sad occasion, everyone cracked up. (laughs) It's like, don't lie to me. (laughs) Uh, Not my child, but my niece announced to the entire church that it was hotter than hell in here. (laughs) 
She was three and had obviously heard some words she shouldn't have and repeated them. In her defense, it was hot, and her words got the AC cranked up by one of the deacons once he stopped laughing. (laughs) Uh, We were sitting in in our small church with our newly potty-trained two-year-old, safely in Sunday school class. When mid-sermon, we hear a familiar voice call out, Mom! Dad! Wipe, please! (laughs) Everyone in the congregation turned to see our little boy waddling down the aisle with his pants around his knees looking for us. Mm. (laughs) Oh my god. could definitely see that. (laughs) Next one, my then three-year-old thought it was hilarious for me to pop my knuckles. It was all fun and games until he grabbed my hand in the middle of the grocery store and loudly exclaimed, Mommy, pop your nut, your nipples. I received many strange looks and went out of of my way to loudly correct him as well as pop every knuckle I had. We had a body part lesson as soon as we got in the car. Oh my gosh. Pop your nipples. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh my God. horrible. (laughs) I had just bought a new Cadillac with all the bells and whistles, sunroof the works, when my daughter was about five. I live in a small town, and downtown is a small strip of restaurants and stores that everyone visits for entertainment. As I drove through town, proud as one could be, thinking everyone was looking at me because of my new car, I then looked in the rearview mirror and see my daughter had pulled out my double D bra from out of the bag of clothes I was donating to the thrift store and was waving it out the window in all its glory. <laughs> Needless to say, I never felt the same about that car again, as I now was known as the lady from the red light district. <laughs> <laughs> Next one, I was in a Dollar General with my two-year-old. There was an older gentleman in front of us that smelled so bad. All of the adults were just holding our breath and bearing it. Then my... My son says, excuse me, you are very stinky and should take a bath. My mama makes me take a bath when I smell bad. I wanted to crawl under the clothing rack. The cashier, after the man left, was laughing so hard. She said, he just said what we were all thinking. Yep, exactly. (laughs) I love kids for that. Take a fucking shower, Seriously gross. Next one, my son said very loudly in the wine and liquor store, I don't understand why you want to do drugs. It was all after a school presentation on the dangers of alcohol, but still, I wanted to crawl in a hole. I never took him there again. <laughs> oh my god. Next one, my child, ye- my child yelled, good job pooping, mommy, when we were in a public bathroom and was clapping. Oh I had gosh. a room of giggling people. <laughs> Next one, we were checking out at Publix. The sweet elderly man who was our bagger asked my three-year-old son if the gallon gallon jug of milk was for his baby brother and pointed to our five-month-old. Taking his thumb out of his mouth, never breaking eye contact with the man, my son answered loudly and in a tone that implied he had just been asked the world's weirdest question, no, his milk squirts out of mama's boobs. (laughs) The sweet man almost turned purple. I'll teach him. <laughs> oh, my God. Next one. When my 23-year-old was about four, my husband took him to a Costco men's room to use the bathroom. While in there, another gentleman passed gas loudly in another stall, to which my son said quite loudly, What did you say? <laughs> the man sheepishly responded, Excuse me? <laughs> my husband hightailed it out of the bathroom and rushed us all out of the store. <laughs> So the man did not see them. I still laugh about it. (laughs) Next one. In a Walmart camping aisle, my toddler son used a camp toilet while I was looking at camp stoves across the aisle, and my back was turned for half a second. He politely asked Walmart employee for toilet paper. (laughs) I was horrified. I apologized profusely as I cleaned him up and the Walmart employee just tried to contain her giggling. She was a sweet older lady. I left my empty basket, took the camp toilet, toilet paper, and sanitizer wipes to the checkout before rushing out of Walmart. Oh my God. I drove to another town to their Walmart for two years after that. (laughs) 
Next one, my son was really aggravating me at the grocery store, and I told him I have one nerve left. And he threw his arms in the air and yelled at the top of his lungs, and I'm getting on it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's great. (laughs) Okay, I parked at the top level of the parking garage because my son wanted to ride the glass elevator all the way down. We were the only people in the elevator. As soon as we made it to the ground level, my angelic, sarcastic, son let out one of those somebody died in there farts right (laughs) as the doors open to a large crowd of waiting people. (laughs) He jumped out, fanning his face over it. He fanned his hand over his face and yelled, Mom! (laughs) Everyone thought I left that god-awful smell in the elevator. I was mortified. My son was rolling with laughter. (laughs) That was great. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. (laughs) That that kid's going to have a really fun wife because she's going to have to deal with that. Yeah. That's hilarious. My daughter was two years old and thought white people were vanilla and black people were chocolate. And while standing in the line at the grocery store, she walked up and licked a lady's hand and said, yummy chocolate. I wanted to die right there, but the lady picked her up and hugged her and said that was the sweetest thing anyone had ever said to her. (laughs) I, however, took years to recover. Aww. (laughs) That's sweet. That is sweet. And this is my last one. I was about seven, and it was Halloween. I went as a vampire and went out to the family room and said, I want to suck your butt. (laughs) I had no idea it was blood. I did the craziest real life monster attacks. Okay, you said that wasn't what I thought it was, so I'm no, not going to get so to So, these are coming from the news. Okay. All right. So, the first one is called A Vampire Causes a Car Accident. Oh my god. Okay. According to a Colorado woman, she was forced off the road while driving home after she saw a vampire standing in the middle of the road. When the police arrived on the scene, the offending Nosferatu had vanished. The police do not suspect that any alcohol or drugs were involved, though there was evidence that the woman was not in her, uh, not on her prescribed medication. One small boy interviewed by the local news said, I don't believe she saw a vampire, while a lo- local teenage girl added, That would be cool, though. I hope that's the case. <laughs> Perhaps the woman's reality was distorted due to a lack of medication, but even still, what did she see that terrified that terrifying night? Oh my gosh. <clears throat> see, you never know if it's like hallucinations, like where there's literally nothing there yeah. but people think there is, or did she really see something? Was it just a person that she interpreted? I don't know. Weird. A self-proclaimed vampire mauls an elderly man. Oh my god. Milton Ellis is an older, wheelchair-bound gentleman living in St. Petersburg, Florida. One evening in 2011, he encountered 22-year-old Josephine Smith on the streets while going home. The two started talking and seemed to hit it off, so when it started pouring, they took shelter together on the porch of a vacant Hooters. Ellis fell asleep while waiting for the rain to stop. He awoke to find Smith on his lap. When he asked what she was doing, she replied, I'm a vampire and I'm going to eat you. Um. She then proceeded to bite him in various places, including his arm and lips, and broke enough skin that he was left bloody. Ellis struggled and eventually escaped, made it to a phone, and called the police. He was rushed to the hospital and was treated with stitches. The police found Smith when they arrived at the scene. She was half-naked and covered in blood. According to her, she had no memory of the events. She was arrested and was held on bail for $50,000. Smith appeared in the news again in 2015 when she babbled to authorities about vampirism following her arrest for allegedly stabbing her boyfriend with a pair of scissors. Wow, she's psycho. Yeah. Werewolves of Texas. A photo surfaced on the internet of a bloody hand holding a decapitated decapitated dog's head. It was traced to Sarah Wolfie Blackheart Rodriguez, 
a local teen wolf in the San Antonio, San Antonio area and the alpha of a pack. When confronted about the picture, she insisted that a friend found the dead dog and brought it to her, given that she counted taxidermy among her hobbies. Forensic analysis of the deceased dog confirmed her story to be true. According to Rodriguez, she would never hurt another dog. I would never kill a canine. I am a, I am a canine. The kids were not, not evil, but as one pack member states in the above video, this, there's a video on here, they were trying to live their daily lives. 19-year-old, 500-year-old vampire feeds on Texas woman. A woman was in her apartment when she heard a noise and investigated. She was then hit in the head by alleged vampire Lyle Bensley, who forced her against the wall and bit her on the neck. She managed to escape and drove to a friend's house where she called the police. When they arrived at her apartment, they discovered Bensley in the parking lot completely unclothed except for his boxers, snarling and hissing. He led them on a chase, including scaling two fences before they caught him. While taking him to jail, Bensley told them that he was a 500-year-old vampire and needed to feed. He also insisted that he didn't want to hurt anyone and wanted to be restrained while trying to bite the guards. The woman only suffered very minor injuries, police captain Jeff Hayes said. I've dealt with some really strange people, you know, guys who think they're Jesus and that, but I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> I wonder if it's mental illness or like it's what makes gotta them be. It's gotta be crazy. Man punches zombie dining at local Mexican restaurant. <laughs> in Iowa City, a man was accused of approaching a stranger in line at a local restaurant and punching him in the face while exclaiming that the man was a zombie. He then punched the zombie one more time, breaking his nose. The man then ran out the back door. Paramedics took the victim to the hospital. His attacker was never caught. Holy shit. I wonder if that guy, what he looked like. I don't know. He's like, I'm just tired. <laughs> <laughs> Prospectors do battle with an angry band of Bigfoots. Oh. In 1924, an epic battle between gold prospectors and creatures of unknown origin took place in a narrow swath of land on Mount St. Helens in Oregon, now called Ape Canyon. The group consisted of Fred Beck, Gabe Le Lefever, John Peterson, Marion Smith, and Smith's son, Roy. They reported coming across four ape-like creatures, all around seven feet in height and covered in long black hair, near their cabin. Terrified at the sight of these animals, Beck opened fire with his rifle, hitting one in the chest three times. Wounded, the creature toppled over a cliff. The men awoke later that night to the sound of large stones hammering their camp cabin. The three surviving animals weren't happy with Beck's slaughter of one of their brethren, 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 and sought revenge against their attackers. Despite tearing a hole in the cabin's roof, the prospectors managed to survive the night, and when they felt the creatures had abandoned their attack, hightailed it off the mountain and reported their encounter to the local law enforcement. Word spread, prompting the U.S. Forest Service to investigate the matter. They ultimately deemed the prospector's tale to be a hoax, but that didn't stop public interest in the phenomenon. As well as similar stories emerging from the Oregon wilderness, giving rise to the modern legend of Bigfoot we now know so well. There's so many stories like that, but we never know for sure if they exist or not. Yeah. And it's like if they do, there would be if so, if stuff like that happened, there would be so much evidence. Yeah, but there's not. I know. So what the fuck? That's the that's the problem. It's like there's all these stories, but there's nothing concrete. Exactly. It's like what is actually going on? Yeah. A Kentucky family fought off alien invaders for hours. I'm sure you heard this one. Yes. We've, we've talked about this. Yeah. It's an incident now known as the Kelly Hopkinsville Encounter. It all began in 1955 on a hot summer night in rural Kentucky, somewhere between the towns of Kelly and Hopkinsville. Billy Ray Taylor, staying with his friend Elmer, Lucky Sutton, 
and his family saw what he believed to be a UFO streaking across the sky. Later that evening, Taylor and the Sutton family came under attack by little green men with oversized heads, bulging eyes, and silver bodies. The men fought back with their twenty-two rifles, which seemed to have no effect on the invaders. After four hours of battle, the family escaped and ran to the police. Authorities did find numerous bullet holes in the Sutton's farmhouse, but blamed their monstrous visions on too much moonshine. <laughs> Even still, the public's curiosity with the incident could not be quelled, and today the town of Kelly embraces their otherworldly past with a yearly Little Green Men Festival on the incident's anniversary. A police officer encounters a wicked witch. Ooh. Guadalupe, New Mexico, police officer Leonardo Samanigo got the scare of a lifetime when, on January 16, 2004, he encountered a terrifying supernatural entity. While patrolling the streets, Samanigo saw a dark figure drop down from a tree, but stop in midair before touching the ground. The figure slowly turned around. Samanigo turned on his high beams, he stated. It was a woman, all dressed in black, that fell from the tree, but she didn't touch the ground, just remained floating several feet from the ground. I saw her very well, and then she landed softly on the ground and stood there looking at me. She was trying to cover her face from the lights of the car. I think they were bothering her. I could see two big black eyes on her, completely black, without eyelids, and her skin was dark brown. She was all dressed in black with cloak and cape like a witch, and she seemed very upset by the lights. At this point, the witch, as Sam Samanigo later described her, flew up onto his car and attempted to right through the car's windshield, intent on grabbing him. The officer lost consciousness and awoke sometime later to paramedics attending to his condition. Other police arrived at the scene, but no evidence of this witch ever resurfaced. However, other officers later came forward, claiming to have seen the same exact woman a week before Samanigo's encounter. <laughs> That's what I kept thinking about. <laughs> this ghost in England loves to crash cars. Reports surfaced in 2002 that a particular area along a remote England road might be haunted by the ghost of a woman who crashed there decades before, and that, moreover, this ghost forced other drivers toward the same fate. Though there were no fatalities, a slew of car crashes occurred at the exact same spot on A465 near Bromyard in Herefordshire, with all vehicles slamming into a farmer's fencing. In many of these instances, the drivers reported feeling as though someone or something took control of their steering wheels, forcing them off the road. During his investigation of these reports, City Councilor Richard James spoke of a mysterious man who approached him in a nearby pub. This man told James the accidents were the work of a ghost who, in her living form, perished at that spot after fighting with another person for control of her steering wheel. The man assured James that no one would ever die there, however. So was the curse on the people driving or the farmer who had to fix his fence multiple times? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that would Both, suck. I would say. Can you imagine that guy? He's like, God damn it! Not another one! <laughs> and this is my last one. A bloodthirsty ghoul bites off a man's ear. Ew. In April 2016, Chad Feeney sat in the commons area of a YMCA after a long night of boozing. He began conversing with another man there, eventually getting on the, to the topic of food. At this point, the man told Feeney his favorite dish of all was rare steak and suddenly lunged, sinking his teeth into Feeney's ear. There was a massive chomp, and then there was blood everywhere, Feeney stated. He had blood all over his mouth and was laughing manically to himself. YMCA staff ejected the man from the premises before police arrived, never to be seen again. It was the man Mike Tyson. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> all right. This week, I just did some creepy stories. First one, when my grandpa bought... No. When my grandparents bought their house for a family of 10, 
My grandpa found a fake wall upstairs. He tore it down to make more room for the family. Behind the wall were children's clothes and play toys, almost like someone had left everything in a hurry. My mom told me stories of sitting in her room and something circling the walls around her sounding like wallpaper being torn. When she moved out, my aunt moved into the same room. She would wake up with pictures she hung laying on her chest in the morning. My cousins also have stories of hearing footsteps coming up the stairs and stopping outside their door in the middle of the night. I still don't go upstairs there because it's always cold and I get weird vibes. Even in my adult life, I have scary dreams that take place there. Creepy. Camping in the desert in Utah, I was a wilderness guide and lived out of my truck, so camped nearly every night. I was totally used to weird noises, twigs cracking, etc. But one night, it was extremely calm and quiet, just a weird vibe in the air. A couple of friends and I were on BLM land in Utah near Moab, and we just put out the fire and laid our bags out. Just as we were starting to fade out, something grabbed my wrist, grabbed me by the wrist and jerked my arms straight up into the air. I sat up immediately and two of my friends bolted up at the same time. We all had it happen to us and we couldn't explain it. Nothing else happened, but still makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up when I think about it. Mm. Isn't that creepy? Yes. Next one, while at university, my friends and I ran out of booze. Hardly any shops were open because it was late, so the only option was to walk a mile or or so to the nearest 24-hour supermarket. Between the supermarket and the dorms we lived in was just a row after row of suburban houses. As we were walking down one road, we passed a field with a large campfire and some people riding horses around it. There were people playing musical instruments and general sounds of a good time going on, The horses and the fire and the lanterns, which were dotted about, gave it a very old-fashioned feel. Maybe five minutes after passing the field, now walking past houses again, one of my friends commented, commented on how weird and out of place that gathering of people had been. My other friend and I had been thinking exactly the same thing. Curiously, we turned around and walked back to find out exactly what was going on. There was nothing there. Not just no people or horses, there was no field just more and more houses. Even though we were absolutely certain we were on the right road, and as we simply just turned around, we walked up and down the neighboring roads too, we found nothing. We weren't drunk, though we had some drinks, and yet I've got absolutely no idea what happened that night. That's weird. That is weird. Next one, four years ago, I lived in a very large farmhouse that was converted into two apartments. The house was known as the Old Boys Home. It was used to house boys with behavioral issues as it closed due to allegations of molestation. Anyway, I was living with my boyfriend and three-year-old daughter at the time. My bedroom had a large fireplace that had been boarded up and painted over. I decided to push my bed up against it one day while it became our headboard. Does that make sense? Uh, That night, around 1 a.m., I heard a small voice saying, Mom... Mom, Mommy. I sat up in bed and didn't see anything, so I reached over my boyfriend trying to grab my daughter to put in our bed. I kept feeling around, and I was still hearing the voice, but I couldn't feel her. My boyfriend woke up and turned the bedside lamp on, asking me, What the hell are you doing? I explained that Amelia was trying to get in our bed, and I was reaching for her, but there was nobody there. My daughter was sound asleep in her room. Then the next night, around 1 a.m., again, my dog started to whimper at our door, so my boyfriend got up to take him outside. You know that feeling in bed when someone lies down next to you? Where the bed pushes in and there's warmth on your back? I felt that, so I assumed my boyfriend had come back to bed. I rolled over, my boyfriend wasn't in bed, and I felt the fucking bed release pressure. Whatever was laying next to me had gotten up in that second. I moved my bed the next day to the other side of the room and never had another incident in the, in the two years we remained in that house. That's so weird. It's weird. Why is it just in front of the fireplace? I don't know. Maybe like... Ooh, I don't know. That's that's one of the things that creeps me out a lot is when 
people like feel someone getting in bed with them. Oh my god! I, I mean, know. that's a very distinct feeling. It is, and like you can't. Nothing else feels like that. No, no. Oh my god, creepy. When I was very young, we lived in a house that had the usual ghost activity, hearing footsteps, hushed voice in the next room, etc. But the really cool thing was the basement door. It would open on its own, not an inch or two. I mean, it would swing fully open like someone was walking through it. My parents tried locking the door and it would still swing open on its own. By the time I was learning to walk, my dad was concerned I would fall down the steps, so we went down to the basement and just said, to no one in particular, that he had a young daughter upstairs and could they please be careful with the door. Ever since then, the basement door would open and then slowly shut on its own. Oh my gosh, I got chills. I did too, it's so creepy. It's nice though. It is nice. (laughs) (laughs) We care about the kids. Next one, my grandmother died of brain cancer about 20 years ago. About two weeks after she died, I was hanging out over at my parents' place and my mom got a call. No number, no unknown number, just blank caller ID. She answered it, got quiet, hung up, and went to her room without saying anything. When I finally got her to talk about it, she said it was her mother saying she was trapped and to please come get her because they wouldn't let her leave over and over again. Oh my god. Then the phone disconnected. I asked her about it a few years ago and she denied that it happened for a bit and then admitted that it had happened two more times that year, (gasps) then stopped, but she didn't want to discuss it anymore. That's horrible. That is horrible. Oh my god, what the fuck? Oh my god. What is that? I don't know. I would... Oh my god, I would like disconnect my phone. I don't think I would be able to handle Uh, that. No way. Uh, Two years ago, I woke up around 1am thinking I can never go home again. It was the most intense sense of homesickness I'd ever experienced. Full of panic and regret. I tried to calm myself down. Logically, of course I could. My parents lived just a couple hours away, still in my childhood home. I'd fought hard to get away from the suburbs I grew up in, so why this sudden intense longing? The next day I got a call that my dad had been hospitalized during the night and was in the ICU. He didn't make it out. And while the house is still there, it's not home anymore. Aww. Oh my god! That's so sad. Next one, a few years ago, we visited my sister who was married to a soldier in the British Army and he was stationed in Germany. She knew I was interested in history, so for a day out, we visited uh, Bergen-Belsen, a former Nazi concentration camp. As we were walking around, my sister was pushing the pram with my newborn uh, nephew in it, and he was two or three years old at the time. The thing about Bergen-Belsen is that after the war, it was burnt to the ground, so it's more or less blank fields. As we walked, we passed a tree when my nephew asked my sister who the kids behind us were. We all turned around, and there was no one there. My sister asked which kids, and he replied, the ones in the pajamas. Yet again, no kids anywhere to be seen. We all knew for a fact that he had no idea what country he was in, let alone know about the horrible events which occurred at the camp. An old aunt, upon hearing of this a year later, scolded us for taking the child to a place of death because apparently children can see the dead and that can affect their mental health negatively. Oh. Holy shit. That is like fucking, like, think about it though. If you hear kids remembering shit, it's when they're really young. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Next one, making toast late one night, facing the kitchen bench, eating for a good 5-10 minutes, cleaned up and turned around and every single cupboard door and cutlery drawer were open. They were all closed when I went to the kitchen and there was no way anyone could have snuck in and done it because I was home alone. I also didn't hear them open in the time I was there. Scared the shit out of me so I froze, let it register for a few seconds, then calmly closed everything and went back to the room to hide until daylight. One of the few weird things to happen growing up. That's always creepy. I know. Especially when you don't hear anything. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you're out of the room for, like, a second. Yeah. So creepy. It's like, how does that even happen? Exactly! That's... Oh, my God. Uh, next one. Our old house was on a corner, and in lieu of a backyard, we had a side yard with a small deck that wrapped around the back. 
The dining room had patio doors that led out, out to the back, and we would have barbecues and such out there. When I was about 14, we only had one desktop computer and one laptop for the family. My brother and I would fight over the desktop, so I would use the laptop to write music. On one particular night, my brother had a friend over, and they were downstairs doing whatever, and I was in the dining room, at the dining room table on the laptop. As I wrapped up in writing, I didn't pay much attention to my surroundings. I heard a knock on the patio door, which startled me. I looked up, expecting to see my brother or his friend. The basement door had, had led out to the back as well. But standing at the door and waving was a person, I could not tell age or sex, wearing a Halloween pig mask. Uh. Thinking it was my brother or his friends, I mouthed, good one, and gave the person the finger and walked away. And they walked away. As soon as they left, I went downstairs to give them shit, and to, to my surprise and dismay, they were both sitting on the couch playing PlayStation. They swore up and down it wasn't either of them, and there was no way one of them could have had time to get downstairs and unmask before getting on the couch. To this day, I have no idea who it was that knocked and waved. <laughs> oh my god. That is creepy. That is so creepy. Ugh. Uh, next one, I worked from 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. at a gas station in one of the nicer cities around here, and I got a gentleman look me in the eye and ask if I was enjoying my last day on Earth. Walked away before I could answer. Uh, rude. I know. Next one, I came home pretty late one night, and my roommate's bedroom was shut, and I assumed she was sleeping already, but I saw something out of the corner of my eye in the kitchen. I said her name, but she didn't answer. I didn't think anything of it, so I walked in my room, and before I turned on the light, some, something whispered, I'm still here. <sighs> I turned on the light in my room, but nothing was there, so I turned on every light in the house and knocked on my roommate's door and eventually opened it, but she wasn't there, so I left her light on too and slept with all the lights on. When she came back the next morning, I asked if she was messing with me, and she started crying and said she left because something was in the house messing with her and she had to get out. Ooh, oh, my God. That gave me chills. Me too. Ooh, I don't like that one. I don't either. Next one, me, um, or no, sorry. We, me, my wife, and my three-year-old son are sitting in the food court at Costco. There's another family with a four- or five-year-old girl sitting behind us. My son looks at me and says, do you see that girl over there? I'm going to teach her a lesson. So I'm taken aback for a second. Then I think he must intend to teach her numbers or some normal thing you teach people. So I ask what he's going to teach her. His response, I'm going to teach her to drown. Yeah, what the fuck? That one was called Raising a Serial Killer. Yeah. Ooh. Creepy. Keep an eye on that one. No shit. A family friend of mine used to work in private wealth management. One of her jobs was diversification of her client's assets on the stock market. Out of nowhere, she gets a call from a representative of one of her very big private clients to sell all the stocks of a big airline and move the liquid liquidity liquidity. What is that liquidity? word? Liquidity. Liquidity. <laughs> I think it's Liqu liquidity. Okay, liquidity, liquidity, <laughs> somewhere else. I do not work with stocks, if you didn't know that. Um, no buts, and if they needed, they could sell up in, uh, and if they needed, they could sell in up 5% below market, as long as the shares are sold quickly. I have no idea what I just said. <laughs> Uh, this was extremely weird, as the stock price of the company was pretty stable, and um, specifically, his client's portfolio was heavily hedged with this stake, but she didn't think much of it. Oftentimes, her clients did this for personal reasons, such as having a bad experience on a plane of the company, etc. Two days later, one of her colleagues that had shared this peculiar story told her how the airline stock price started slowly but surely falling. Some people were selling off their shares, too, which were gladly bought by the market at increasing prices. The next day, AA Flight 11 crashed into the North Tower of the World Trade Center in New York. The stock market was closed for another week. 
They knew that's what that one was yeah. called. Creepy. How'd they know? Dream, maybe? Mm. Next one, I went camping by myself in Maine. One night, I woke up at like 3 a.m., not able to fall asleep. I just laid there listening to the woods. Then I heard a faint hello. I was petrified. I felt so vulnerable in the tent, I never figured out what it was. <laughs> I don't like that. No, that is so creepy. And- when I was 17, I worked in retail as a cashier. I had a very old couple come through my line buying a walk. The husband, who was at least 85, started making conversation with me about the walk and asked if I liked Chinese food. Yeah, I like Chinese. Do you want to go out with me to get some Chinese? He winks at me. Uh, no, sir. Oh, well. He looks a bit disappointed and turns to look at his wife, who is on the phone with someone. Would you at least like to come home with me and live in my basement? Yeah. No. The rest of the transaction took place in terrified silence. His wife never said a word. I wonder this to this day if he was trying to joke because he sounded so sincere, or if he was suffering from dementia or something else that made him not realize how creepy that sounds to someone young enough to be your great-grandchild. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what I would do in that situation. I know. That is beyond uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, next one. The summer after I graduated from high school, I left work early and went to my parents' cabin in northern Michigan. Spent that night at the beach watching the sunset. Once the sun went down and it became nearly pitch black, no light pollution, I got to my car and started driving down the highway. After about 10 seconds of being at speed, there was an older Tahoe, late 90s, that started riding my ass and flashing its high beams. So I got up to about 60 in a 45, and they were still on my ass. I pulled off to the to a side road that my ca- parents' cabin is on, and they took the same turn. I thought this seemed weird because there were only about 30 or 40 houses down that road. So I went all the way to the end, which is usually a dead end, but leads to a maintenance area for a golf course nearby. The truck was still following me. At this point, I was freaking out because if I pulled into the house, they'd know where we lived, and they were still following close by. I took a ton of random turns, and the truck kept following every single turn for about 15 minutes. I finally had a chance to make a turn with traffic going through the intersection that gave me a few seconds head start. I pulled down a side street, went up a hundred yards or so, turned off all my lights and waited. The truck slowly drove by the particular street and kept going. I booked it home, pulled my car around the side away from the main road and pulled every curtain. For an 18 year old, I, I was scared as hell that night. That would freak me out. That would totally freak me out. Like, that is scary. Like, if you literally, if you want to scare someone, just start following someone. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. Uh, Next one. This actually happened fairly recently. I was home alone one day with my dog and two of my friend's dogs. Out of nowhere, they all start barking and looking up toward our loft. As they were quieting down, I hear someone in a mocking, calm tone say, Bark. They started going crazy again, and I decided it's time for a long evening walk. Uh, it's time to burn the house down. (laughs) Immediately. That's a big fuck no. (laughs) Next one, New Year's Day, 1995. I was in the middle of third year university and had a bunch of friends come down to visit me and my roommate for the festivities. We were all pretty hungover from drinking the night before and went out for a usual nice day out, a bit chilly, I don't feel so good, post-greasy breakfast hungover stroll around the neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) I remember those days. (laughs) Two of these friends were twin brothers. One of them we hung out with all the time. The other we'd just met for the first time. He was pretty normal the night before, joining in on the fun. But on this day, we were all hanging around a local basketball court shooting hoops with an old basketball we'd found in the grass, and this twin brother kept following me around all over the place with the creepiest grin I'd ever seen in my life, staring right into the nether regions of my soul the whole time. I'd back away and join the group again, and he'd keep following me around. When we were walking back to the apartment, it was just me and him walking down the sidewalk behind the group 
and he moved over in front of me, stared at me with that creepy look again, fell down to his knees as if to worship me or something. I didn't know what to do. Hey, buddy, you all right? We're heading back now, right? And so on. He wouldn't say anything. He'd just be there on his knees looking up at me with a clenched face and squinted eyes as if he were looking directly into the sun or something. Later that day, my roomie said he was tripping balls, so I thought nothing of it and moved on with my life. A few weeks later, we got a phone call from the twin brother we usually hung out with, and it turned out that his twin brother went over to his aunt's place with a knife and stabbed her 14 times. She didn't die, but, you know, still pretty bad. He had even called the police before going because he knew he was going to do it, but he couldn't stop himself from doing it because of the voices. The ensuing court case was widely covered in the media, as this was a relatively smaller community where this sort of thing just doesn't happen on a regular basis. I was reading one of the articles of the testimonies that was that this twin brother was severely schizophrenic and was hearing voices in his, in his head. He believed to his very bones that his aunt was the devil and that he had been commanded by God to go kill her. So who was this God that told him to go kill her? Well, as the newspaper article described, it was a guy in a group he had hung out with on New Year's Day. Didn't take me long to realize that he was talking about me. This was 22 years ago. I know for a fact it was mental illness, but just knowing that I somehow commanded him to go kill his aunt stays with me to this day. That's weird. Yes. And this is my last one. My great aunt lived way out in the boonies by an old southern prison. This was before most people had TV, so she had been listening to the radio and found out that a violent rapist had escaped from the prison nearby. She walked into her bedroom and had one of those saggy mattresses and felt something under the bed. She said something didn't feel right, so she slowly got off the bed and called the police. When they arrived, they found the rapist under her bed holding a knife from her kitchen. Uh, he told them he had been waiting for her to go to sleep so he could rape her and stab her to death. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Those were mine. Yay. For the week. <laughs> I think it's really time for the witty wrap-up. Yeah, okay, these are funny tweets. I don't know if there's a right time for your preschooler to whisper, are humans made out of meat, in your ear, but I know that 3 a.m. is the wrong time. Oh my god! (laughs) I would never say I have a favorite child, but one of mine is 8 pounds and just sleeps and drinks milk from my body, letting me burn 800 calories a day while sitting, and the other called my dress busy and screams at me if his granola is too close or too far from his yogurt. Oh my god. I'm going to say the favorite's clear. Yes. Million dollar idea. Dinosaur chicken nuggets that may cause drowsiness. Mm. That would make a lot of money. I like it. Accomplish whatever tasks you have today with the confidence of a kid who claims to have brushed their teeth. (laughs) Unlock the next level of being a dad by removing and putting back the same batteries to get a dead remote working. (laughs) Ten-year-old daughter said a boy named Brian was trying to roast her at recess, so she told him, This has been fun, Brad, but I have to go. I said I thought his name was Brian, and she smiled and said, "It is." Oh She'll my god! She'll do just fine with bullies. Fuck yeah, that's great. <laughs> that is awesome. That is, yeah, that's great. That kid's going somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Have kids, so instead of waking up to an alarm clock, you can be jarred awake by a six-year-old two inches from your face, letting you know the toilet is clogged. Oh. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> My four-year-old went to a school library and borrowed two books. We already own both books. Oh, my God. That's such a kid thing to do. (laughs) Become a parent so you can be accused of using up all the internet when Fortnite glitches for for a millisecond. Oh, my God. Taryn did that all the time. (laughs) Blaine, because... 
I need unlimited data, mom. My data keeps messing up. I'm like, that is not what, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> you're a parent and you only get six guesses for what snack your toddler really wants. The game is called Snackle. <laughs> Snackle? My eight-year-old just walked up to the fridge and said, do I need food or do I want food? And now he's the resident adult in our house. (laughs) That's great. My toddler can't pronounce many words, but she has no problem saying shit clear as day. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Two-year-old. Mommy, 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 mommy. Me, what? Two-year-old. I want some quiet time. Oh, my God. (laughs) Fucking kids. (laughs) I don't have siblings, so I don't get it when my kids are like, I'll give you one of my kidneys, but good luck trying to get me to share this snack with you. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) That's so true. It's just like, if anyone's messing with my family, like, no. Fuck you. I can say whatever I want, though. (laughs) Six-year-old, this is my boyfriend. Me, what's his name? Six-year-old whispers to boy, what's your name? (laughs) Me, been there. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's funny. (laughs) My son was invited to a birthday party, so I texted the kid's mom to RSVP, and she left me on read. Read. Red. I'm so old. She left me on red, and now my anxiety about other parents has tripled, and no one warned me this would be the hardest part. What does that mean? Um, when, when you send someone a text message, and they read it, but they don't respond, it'll say it's red. Oh, yeah. But they don't respond, so you're like, what the... What's going on? Why aren't you responding? I feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> My kids spill around 643,295 cups of water every day, but they won't let me forget that one time I shook a bottle of purple juice and it went all over us in the entire kitchen because I forgot I'd just taken the lid off. <laughs> well, that's... Just an example of every single thing for the rest of your life. Yeah. My five-year-old brought me a sleeve of saltines and asked if he could have his own line of crackers. (laughs) Tonight during dinner occurred what can only be described as my shining moment of fatherhood. My five-year-old looked up at me with a loving, curious gaze and said, Dad, can you make a fart noise with your underarm? The tears began to well in my eyes as I lifted my shirt sleeve. (laughs) Fuck yes, I can. (laughs) That I can do. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) And this is my last one. Parenting. Because sleep is unnecessary and who needs money? Right. Exactly. (laughs) That's all I got. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Send in your stories. We need them. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook. Request to join the group. Uh, Rate, review, and subscribe where you listen. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.